Hello, my beautiful community. I hope all is well at your home, at your work, with your life in general. I'm so proud of you for taking the time out of your busy life to throw on this podcast and learn more about your health. I really appreciate it. But before we begin today, I want to tell you about why I want you to be a student in the School of Doza. If you haven't heard by now, I have an online school. I teach live classes every week, and I would love for you to become a student. Tuition starts at $1, and I bring the energy each and every week. So please sign up at schoolofdoza.com forward slash sign up, and uh, I hope to see you in class. Now, today's episode is all about estrogen support, and I'm excited about this because uh, I was just starting to talk with our producer, and we were talking about you know what this episode is all about. It's all about estrogen. This is the estrogen episode. This is the one that I've been wanting to talk about for a while. Uh, this goes out to all the women out there and all the men who support the women we love. And, and we have to understand estrogen as early as possible in order to learn how to support it for a healthy, vibrant life. And what I mean by estrogen support, it's not necessarily that you have to take estrogen directly in order to support the estrogen that you need. No, no, no. There's ways to do it way before you actually run out of estrogen. So we want to talk about estrogen throughout the course of a lifetime and what that looks like as support uh, grows throughout your aging. So this podcast is perfect for any woman out there who wants to learn more about estrogen. Are you ready? Let's begin. Class is in session. Now, the first thing you can do looking out for your estrogen is to support your liver. Now, I bring this up because the liver is probably the most important organ outside of the ovaries when it comes to your estrogen. I'm going to talk about breast cancer in this episode, and I want, I'm actually going to talk about it at the end. And... I don't normally talk about breast cancer, but with estrogen, we have to. I start off by talking with the liver because the liver leads into the discussion at the end of the podcast about breast cancer, which I highly advise you staying for. But when you talk about supporting your liver, you're supporting your estrogen. All right. This is why we have liver supplements. This is why we talk about supporting your liver with your diet. This is why I will grab women's attention and say, look, if you're concerned about your estrogen, you need to be taking care of your liver. The liver helps regulate estrogen. Okay? Let me repeat that. Your liver helps regulate your estrogen. You think about the places that we make estrogen, and this is a simple question for all the women out there. True or false? You will make all your estrogen solely from your ovaries. The answer is false. You will make estrogen from your ovaries, your adrenal glands, and your fat tissue, called your adipose tissue. Now, throughout the course of a lifetime, the ovaries, the adrenals, and your fat tissue will make different kinds of estrogens as you age. Your ovaries your adrenal glands and your fat cells will make different estrogens when you are pregnant, when you're nursing, and when you're in menopause. We have to understand that these three places are vital for estrogen production, but wherever you're producing your estrogen from, from whichever organ throughout your life, 
your liver is regulating the estrogen that comes from those organs, right? And, and, and what's really great about this is that the liver helps contribute to a lot of things. It helps contribute to something called cholesterol formation. You might know this as triglycerides, uh, cholesterol, if you will, right? And the liver is an important site where fatty acid and triglycerides, cholesterol, and all of that comes into place. And if you get any kind of issues with your liver, all of that gets dysfunctional. And the reason I bring up cholesterol is because heart disease and, and women go hand in hand, okay? The number one killer of Americans is heart disease for the last 70 years. The silent killer of women for the last 70 years has been heart disease. And you think about how much bad cholesterol a woman will have throughout the course of her lifetime. And you say, okay, if that cholesterol is being developed, uh, it's being impacted, what's being impacted? Is it my triglycerides? Because if you're looking at your labs right now, okay, think about this. One way you can support your estrogen is that if your liver has to be overwhelmed with a bunch of processed fatty food, it has too much triglycerides that it goes into the liver. And guess what? The liver doesn't get to do its job by regulating things like estrogen production. Okay? But what happens in the body is uh, you will make estrogen throughout the course of a lifetime. Like I said, you will make different estrogens. The liver needs to regulate the amount of different estrogens being produced. If you make too much of bad estrogen, we know what that looks like. That can look like cancer. The liver will get rid of cancerous leading estrogen that doesn't belong in the body, right? We know that, that we're going to make estrogen. Women will make a different kind of estrogen when you're in menopause. That's the honest truth. You don't make the same estrogen when you're 60 or 70 as you did when you were 10 or 20. And you make a different kind of estrogen when you're pregnant and you're nursing. The liver has to get rid of the, the one that doesn't belong and emphasize the one that does, right? Like when you're in nursing, you need more of estradiol, E2. You need E3, esterol. You find a lot of esterol in pregnancy and nursing. And, and what we're talking about is there's three different estrogens now. And let's label them very easy in our head. E1, E2, E3. E1 is kind of the bad estrogen. E2 is the good estrogen. E3 is protective. I'll repeat that. E1 is the bad estrogen. E2 is the good estrogen. E3 is the protective estrogen. Okay? So the liver will make sure that you don't get too much E1 bad estrogen floating around in your body. That's what the liver does. The liver makes bile. We know this, right? The gallbladder stores the bile. The liver helps make bile that breaks down inflammatory bad E1 estrogen floating around our bodies. And what happens is we then absorb the good estrogen that we need in our body, in our intestines, and we poop out all the bad estrogen that doesn't belong in our body. I am serious. You poop out bad estrogen that could lead to breast cancer down the road only if your liver and your digestive tract is healthy enough to do this. And there's plenty of reasons why a woman would not be able to do this because their liver is malfunctioning. They could have inflammation of the liver. They could have a genetic issue with the liver. Or they could have a lifestyle that's causing damage directly to the liver. Because keep in mind, one in four U.S. adults in this country have a fatty liver. And a lot of those are women. 
So if you have a lot of women who have a fatty liver, guess what happens to their estrogen production? Their regulation of it can't be controlled, right? Like they can't poop out inflammatory estrogen that doesn't belong in their body. So then what happens is estrogen just builds up in their body that doesn't belong there. Okay, we'll get that to, we'll, we'll continue this conversation in a second because you know where this is going. But I just want you to understand that with the liver, the liver, we lead with this because the liver is the most important organ that a woman should ever take care of outside of her brain. And I, this goes above the gut too because the digestive tract, like I said, you're going to you're going to drink sodas, you're going to eat cheeseburgers. What am I supposed to do? I mean, you're going to go on a Friday night and go to the Mexican restaurant and have chips and queso and margaritas and you're still going to say, "Oh, but I shouldn't have," but you're going to do it. Let's be honest. Just remember that every time that you eat the chips and queso, every time you drink the margarita, every time you drink wine, every time you eat a cheeseburger, okay, you are destroying your digestive tract and your liver that has to store that and absorb all that, and you're throwing off your estrogen. And if you're doing this at an earlier age, let's say in your teenage years when you start eating junk food, you start disrupting your estrogen regulation when you're a teenager. It's around the same time a lot of those teenage girls have acne problems or skin problems, which is a direct effect of estrogen dysfunction. I will repeat that. If you are a teenage girl or if you are a teenage girl or if you have a teenage girl and they have a problem with acne, they have a problem with their estrogen regulation and their liver is not healthy enough to bypass all of that. They can't get rid of it. They can't detoxify all the inflammatory estrogen that their body's producing from all the fast food that their body's consuming. Ask them if they ask your daughter who has acne if she has digestive problems, if she can go to the bathroom and poop every single day. She needs to be taking liver prime. That's our that's our supplement that I would start anyone off of who wants to say I want to support my liver today. Liver prime has milk thistle, it has NAC, it has selenium, all right, it has alpha lipoic acid in it. These four ingredients alone will jumpstart any kind of approach towards getting the liver back into shape, right? And if you think about where your liver currently stands at, all right, like I said, one in four people in this country are listening to this podcast have a fatty liver as as they're listening right now. Like you probably have a fatty liver. And if if no one's told you this, I'm going to tell you right now, it's probably your liver. You should take liver prime, right? Imagine if you took this, okay, and then you start changing your diet. There's a whole podcast we have on five foods for the liver, avocado, you know, black coffee. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch in there, right? And you're like, okay, I can do this, right? I can start addressing my estrogen today. Yeah, you start taking liver prime. You start changing your diet. It's not that hard. That's the easy part, right? Change your diet, take some supplements. But think about this. It's really, really hard to support your ovaries. Or is it? Another way to look out for your estrogen is to support your ovaries. Now, I'm a man. I am fully aware of it. And I know I'm speaking about ovaries and estrogen and women's health. I am an advocate for women. The reason why is because in my, let's see, eight, nine years, uh, almost 10 years, I've been a nurse practitioner for 10 years now. My 10 years as being a nurse practitioner I have seen more women with infertility, with PCOS, with hysterectomies, both partial and full. 
I have seen women with hormone issues. I have seen women with autoimmune disorders. I have seen women with leaky gut issues. I have seen women with Lyme issues. I have seen women with parasite issues. I have seen women with mold issues. You know what they all have in common? They have ovaries, right? Regardless of what other situation they have with their diabetes, heart disease, autoimmune stuff, wanting to lose weight, they still have ovaries. So when women come to me and they say, I need help with this, this, and that, I, the first thing I think about is, do you have ovaries or not? Because that changes the whole approach. Doesn't matter what age you are, because I come to find out that you can get a hysterectomy at a very early age. You don't have to wait till you're 40 or 50 to get a hysterectomy. Sometimes it's elective at an earlier age because of whatever. I've seen more damage to women's ovaries, their uterus, their fallopian tubes, I mean, you, their cervix, you name it, from just medical intervention when it's either too late or unnecessary. I think there's a lot of hysterectomies that go on out there that don't need to happen. I think there's a lot of organs that get taken out of women that don't need to get taken out, but they have to because the right treatment wasn't given to them or discussed along the way. And when you take an ovary out of a woman, take two of them out, how does that woman feel? How do you feel if you're listening and you've had a hysterectomy? Do you feel better now that your ovaries are out? Do you feel better now that your uterus is out? And if you say yes, it's because you were in pain before that. You were in pain for maybe years before that hysterectomy. Maybe it was hours before. You were in pain, though. And you said, I can't take this anymore. Take them out. And some doctors said, okay, let's do it. Or suggested it. It's, it's simple. You can take a gallbladder out. You can take an appendix out. You can take an ovary out. You could take a uterus out. You could take a thyroid out. You could take a, your part of your stomach out. You could take your colon out. The person still needs things after that. If you take your ovaries out, you still need estrogen. If you're a woman and you get a hysterectomy, you still need estrogen. Where's your estrogen going to come from? Remember I said in the very beginning of the podcast, did you know you make estrogen in different places besides the ovaries? This is important because if you have a hysterectomy, where are you going to get that estrogen from? Because you're not getting it from your ovaries anymore. You're going to have to do hormone replacement therapy. And for some women, that's out of the question because of the breast cancer risk or ovarian cancer risk. If you have a hysterectomy, you're going to get estrogen from your fat cells and your adrenal glands, the other two places that you make estrogen. And when a woman, a woman goes into menopause, or they have an elective hysterectomy or, or they have a hysterectomy by no choice. They still need estrogen. And when they do not get their estrogen, they will get it from other places because the body just compensates. The body just compensates. The body will compensate because that's what the body's designed to do. Nature always wins. Your body kicks in the gears and it starts making estrogen from where? It starts making it from your fat cells. It starts making it from your breast tissue. Right? And, and these places that you make estrogen from, you don't want estrogen from those places. You really don't. Okay? That's just plain and simple. But the problem is, is that if you don't have ovaries, you have no choice. You imagine a woman goes into menopause and, and the clinic research, the clinical research say it's usually 45 to 55 years of age that menopause usually happens for women. That's not true at all. I see women going to menopause as early as 30 because they had a hysterectomy. 
right? They cannot, they don't have eggs, they don't have estrogen, they don't have progesterone. Like, I mean, they're not making anything. So what happens is the, the body's like, we need, we need hormones, okay? Because I'm still 35, I'm 40. Like, I might not have kids, but guess what? I still want to feel like a woman. And you know how much this is taken into consideration before the surgery happens? Never. There's not one doctor I've ever heard talk to a patient before they had a hysterectomy say, this is what we're going to do 5 or 10, 20 years after you've had a hysterectomy. This is how we're going to support you being a woman 10 or 20 years after you've had your ovaries removed. There's no discussion. The women come in to talk to me about it afterwards, and they're miserable. They're like, if it wasn't for hormone replacement therapy, I, I wouldn't even be here today. And that's what a lot of the women say. Hormone replacement therapy is a godsend for most women because once they start getting the hormones that they're missing, they feel like themselves again, right? Just think about it. If you're a man, it, you give him testosterone, that guy feels like a guy again. Well, what happens when you give estrogen and progesterone to a female? They feel incredible. They feel, I mean, they're like, man, I feel amazing. And if you think about your teenage years, your 20 years, those are the prime years. Those are the prime years that the ovaries are kicking out estrogen and progesterone. But guess what? You also have a liver right above it. And if you're a 20-year-old female who is eating crap right now, you're eating crappy food, you're ordering crappy food right now, and you're getting crappy food out to eat every single night, you're destroying your liver and your ovaries. Okay, because you're not doing the ovaries any justice. Because remember, the liver regulates estrogen production, right? So it's going to help out that production from the ovaries. But if you've had a hysterectomy, the liver is going to regulate the estrogen production from the adrenals and the fat cells, not the ovaries. So if you still have your ovaries, and, I'm, and you're listening to me right now, support them right now. They make really healthy estrogen, E2. Okay, they make healthy E3. If you want to feel like yourself, you need to support them and their production of estradiol as soon as possible. Okay, as soon as possible. And if you want a couple ways to do that, like, like I said, a liver detox. A liver detox, a liver detox supplement like Liver Prime. I keep saying this. They have ingredients like NAC, milk thistle. What milk thistle and NAC do is they go into the liver and they reduce inflammation. They reduce inflammation so the ovaries can work. If the ovaries are inflamed, how are you going to get the ovaries to not be inflamed in PCOS, right? If you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, which a lot of women do, you have cysts on the outside and maybe inside of your ovaries. And it's probably due to inflammation that the liver is so unhealthy to get, that it can't get rid of. That's what I'm saying. Milk thistle, knack, liver prime, go take something for your liver, change your diet. All of a sudden, it can help with the ovaries. And... Just on a side note for the ovaries, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease increases nearly twofold when women who undergo surgical menopause. That's incredible. Another way to look out for your estrogen is to support your adrenal glands. I said before, your your adrenal glands, your fat cells, and your liver, uh, and I'm sorry, your adrenal glands, your fat cells, and your ovaries they all make estrogen, okay? And if you've had uh, menopause, if you've had a uh, hysterectomy, you're only getting estrogen from your adrenal glands and your fat cells now, okay? Here's a 
fascinating fact about how the adrenals make estrogen. It is established in breast cancer cells in the male reproductive tract that estrogen can also come from the adrenal glands. So you know what's really weird? They've talked about how breast cancer can rarely occur in men, but it does. How would that happen? If you think about it, if you're a guy listening to this, like how would that happen? Do you think it's because you're making inflammatory estrogen from adrenal glands that are overstressed out? Hmm. Right? Androgens. Androgen hormones, may your adrenal glands make estrogen. If, and that's why I keep saying they make estradiol, they make esterone. Um, but they make esterone, the E1, the bad estrogen, okay? They, they make a lot of those when you overactivate your adrenal glands. So here's what's fascinating. If you're a woman and you're uh, thinking about the, the 20s in your 30s uh, right now, you're, you've gone to grad school, you're in corporate America, whatever you're doing, maybe you're, you've, you've, you're teaching full-time, maybe you've, you finally landed the dream job, and it took you your health and sacrificed your health to get to this point. Always talk to women in their 30s who are almost like broken, right? They they just have issues with PCOS. They don't have a cycle. They've been on acne medication for a while. They're depressed. You know, they're bloated, right? They're not pooping. They've gained a little weight, you know, like, and they're stressed. And they're really stressed. And with stress, stress overactivates your adrenal glands. And if you overactivate your adrenal glands with too much stress, guess what your adrenal glands do? They make a lot of estrogen, but the bad kind, the kind that you find in menopause. And if you're stressed and you're a teenager, you can speed up the process going into menopause by simply just being a stressed out student, by being a stressed out coworker, by being a stressed out mom. Life. I'm sorry. That, it's another thing, the way, way to look at it. But this is why I'm saying if you want to support your estrogen at the earliest age, you've got to support your adrenals because you make estrogen from there. If you support your adrenals at an earlier age, hopefully you don't overactivate them to the point where you overactivate estrogen production. No, hopefully what you do when you support your adrenal glands is you calm them down to where they don't have to overproduce that estrogen. That's what adrenal support looks like. People are like, what do I take for my adrenals? What you take is four rounds of belly breathing every single day when you wake up in the morning. And again, anytime you need throughout the day. That's my prescription for you. Belly breathing. Learn how to do it. In through your nose, into your belly, out through your nose. Four seconds in, four seconds hold, four seconds exhale. You came for the exhale. Four rounds you can do anytime you want. And next thing you know, you're meditating. This is how you support your adrenal glands. But for anyone out there who wants the pill, right? You want a solution, right? In your hand. Our supplement is Zen. That's my favorite Zen. It's, it's a supplement that I take morning. I've been taking it since the beginning of this year. I take Zen every single morning. And the reason that I take Zen every morning is because it is direct adrenal support. I call them my happy pills. It's adrenal support. It's like a three-in-one adrenal support, which is great. There's bovine adrenal gland in our Zen. There's vitamin B5. Now, vitamin B5 is incredible because it helps with cortisol. Like if you're stressed to the max all the time, you're trying to regulate your cortisol production because your adrenals will be activating and producing bad estrogen and, and that cortisol at the same time. 
Like it's not like the adrenals only make one hormone at one time. No, they make all the hormones. They just make all the inflammatory ones when you're stressed out. So you got to regulate the cortisol just like you got to regulate the estrogen. And that's esterone, the bad one. So when you support your adrenal glands with taking something like Zen, that's what I think in my mind. Even if I'm a guy, I don't want to make too much bad inflammatory estrogen from all the stress I'm in. Right, you think about the man boobs and all that stuff. I don't want that. That's that's fats tissue and that's adrenal glands being overactivating uh, and production of, of estrogen. And so if I take something that calms all that down, I'm not going to make enough, uh, more estrogen that I have to then see, you know, in weird ways. Okay. Now, I'm a big fan of Zen. I take, like I said, one in the morning. You can take it before you go to bed at night. Watch what it does. It's like this calming, like energy. It's a very that's why we call it Zen. It's just like relaxed, a different kind of flow. And I really imagine for some, some women out there, I mean, no one's ever told you about the adrenal glands. I'm telling you, Nurse Doza is telling you, it's the adrenal glands and the liver. If that's what you want to start doing to support your estrogen, all right? And if you don't know how to breathe right, you've got to take at least a supplement and keep working on the breathing, right? Zen's the one to take. And you can pair it with liver prime too. Another way to look out for your estrogen is to support your insulin. Now, this is the trifecta, all right? Now, when you support your insulin, you're supporting your estrogen because there is a direct connection between insulin and estrogen, okay? When you have hormones, understand that there is a direct connection between all the hormones, not just one. If you lose one hormone, it's not like all the other hormones are not affected. All 200 other hormones are affected when you go into estrogen deficiency. When you go into estrogen deficiency, insulin goes up. What happens when insulin goes up in your body? You have insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is found in things like diabetes, heart disease, dementia, colon cancer, obesity, fatty liver disease, right? Gallbladder issues. And when you have an issue with your insulin being this high, it stays that high and you stay insulin resistant. And that's bad news because of all those things I said before. But imagine that a woman, when she goes into menopause, she loses that estrogen, right? Goes down. What goes up? insulin. The second a woman goes into menopause, they become a diabetic. The second you lose your estrogen, you become a diabetic. So imagine the statement I just made a while ago. Surgical menopause is going to cause you to have a fatty liver. Surgical menopause, a hysterectomy, they call it that, right? It's kind of crazy how they call it surgical menopause. It's such a... Uh, imagine you have a hysterectomy and they remove your ovaries, you're going to have fatty liver and you become a, a diabetic automatically. In one of our first podcasts, we, call, we talked about delaying menopause for this very reason, that if you delay menopause, you're just simply supporting your insulin or your adrenals and your liver and your estrogen production and the little bit amount that you're still making as you age, but the healthy estrogen production. Because a person, especially a woman who's inflamed, stressed out, has a fatty liver, has had a hysterectomy, you know what's going to happen? They're also going to be a diabetic because their insulin is going to be resistant out of all of this. And I mean, think about this. This is incredible. A study shows hormone treatment after menopause suggests that estrogen treatment reduces plasma, glucose, and insulin levels. So when you go into menopause, they're saying when they give you estrogen, it improves your diabetes. How about that? And one in three people in this country are pre-diabetic. Right now, you are insulin resistant if you're listening to this podcast. Just assume you are. Even if you're healthy right now, you say, oh, I'm healthy. No, no, you're insulin resistant. 
Trust me, you're insulin resistant, which means if you're a woman, you're starting to suppress your estrogen. If you're a guy, you're, I mean, not a bad thing, but you're also probably producing inflammatory estrogen at the same time because why would a guy be insulin resistant, right? That means your testosterone's down. All right, this is the moment y'all been waiting for. All right, this is it, the breast cancer, the breast cancer talk. Another way to look out for your estrogen is to reduce inflammation. If you're a woman, you need to think about your estrogen at the earliest age possible. When you do that, that lessens the risk of developing breast cancer. It used to be that one in eight women had breast cancer risk or got breast cancer. That number is a lot lower now. It's like one in four. Now I've seen that one in three women worldwide will have cancer. Why? Breast cancer remains the leading cause of cancer in women worldwide. Why? Why is this not asked more? Why are we not asking what causes cancer? We sure do a good job about treating it. But why don't we ask why cancer causes, why, why cancer is caused in the first place? I've asked this question my whole life because my mom had breast cancer. My best friend who's sitting across me right now, his mom had breast cancer. Breast cancer is very near and dear to my heart. The only other podcast we have where we've had another person on is Keep Cancer Alive. That's our good friend, Sean. His mom died of breast cancer. I can't tell you there's not a day that goes by that I do not think about breast cancer. Breast cancer awareness is what I live. You know why? The breast cancer awareness comes from the idea that you can lessen your risk of getting breast cancer by supporting your liver and the liver that reduces inflammation in the body because women who have breast cancer most likely have lots of inflammation in their body. If they have lots of inflammation in their body, my question is, how healthy is their liver? If one in three women around the world have cancer or at cancer risk, how healthy are their livers? At the very beginning of the podcast, I said, the liver is responsible for estrogen regulation. Too much bad inflammatory estrogen will happen in the body that leads to inflammation. I have numerous reports, numerous studies that talks about estrogen and breast cancer and the direct connection. We know there is a connection between estrogen and breast cancer. Why? Is it the good estrogen or the bad estrogen? We don't know is the answer from the oncologist. When I was in the visit with my mom, the very first time in her, you know, onboarding sessions, the oncologist talked about the treatment. My mom was very scared and I went and I attended every single consult for the first couple months with her because she wasn't gonna remember a thing. She's sitting down scared to death because she's afraid that she's gonna die. I wrote down everything. I took notes. I didn't tell them that I was a nurse practitioner. I just said I'm her son. 
and they talked about what they were going to do for treatment. And then they said when they're done with treatment, they're going to give her a medication that she's going to be on for five years afterwards. And this is going to be great because, you know, I think we caught it in time. That's what the doctor said. And we go through months and I attend every, you know, visit. No talk about nutrition. No talk about nutrition at all in any oncology visit I ever had between the doctor and my mom. There was not one vegetable talked about. There was not one vitamin talked about. There was not even the attempt to talk about going and losing weight because that was not their concern. I remember I asked the doctor and I said, what medication are you going to put her on again afterwards? They said, we're going to put her on what's called an estrogen blocker. And I said, that's interesting. Them still not knowing that I'm a nurse practitioner, I said, an estrogen blocker, what's that? They said, well, we're going to make sure that we block all the estrogen production in your mom after the treatment's done because then she won't have any risk for breast cancer again. She won't have any estrogen in her body. And at the time, my mom was in, I think, in her late 50s. And I was like, wow, so she's going to live the next 30, 40 years without any estrogen. And the doctor's like, yep, that, that's how we keep the breast cancer risk down. I said, huh. I said, well, do you know what estrogen you're going to block with this medication, doctor? And he goes, huh? And I said, well, the body makes seven different estrogens throughout the course of a lifetime. You keep talking about estrogen really, really bad for my mom and you're blocking the estrogen production in her body. Can I ask, is there a certain estrogen she's producing that's causing this issue? The oncologist looked at me confusedly and said, we're going to block all the estrogens. They didn't have an answer. They didn't know. The most common estrogen found in breast cancer is estrone 1-sulfate. In fact, it's the most abundant estrogen found in both men and women. We're supposed to have it. The problem is, is that the liver breaks down the estrone sulfate in the body to make sure that we don't have too much amount of estrone sulfate in the body. What the oncologist didn't know that I later found out was that my mom has something called the MTHFR gene, which is predominantly found in the liver. Most of you have MTHFR genes, and including myself, I have the worst one. My mom's liver genetically has trouble functioning, which meant from the earliest age possible, her liver had the hardest time regulating estrogen production. And the fact that she's been obese, diabetic, led to the idea that she was inflamed. And because the obesity made her breast tissue really inflamed, my thought is that that breast tissue produced a lot of inflammatory esterone, sulfate, in the body that the liver could not break down and poop out. This was not discussed at all in any of the visits, nor it was discovered until years later after she successfully went through treatment. But I'm imagining, did she create this? Was this genetically a byproduct of this? Is this metabolic in any nature? The answer to all of it is yes, 
because when you think about breast cancer, you think of oxidative stress of breast tissue. When you think of cervical cancer, ovarian cancer, you think of oxidative stress of the ovaries. If you live a life that's anti-inflammatory in nature, you give your body a chance. Period. For the women out there who've listened to this, you can tell why I'm so concerned about estrogen because by the time women come to me, I know what they're headed towards. If you take care of your liver now, your adrenals, your stress, your insulin, your ovaries, and you start living an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, it's possible. You give yourself a chance. You start taking supplements like our liver prime and zen. You want an incentive? Start, you know, you can also take our mitochondriac. If you took our mitochondriac, our zen, and our liver prime, those three supplements together, those address three of the five things in this podcast. Insulin, adrenals, and liver. And you just keep taking those things and you get your scans done yearly and you get your labs done yearly and you go to your gyno visits yearly and you eat healthy yearly and you just take care of yourself. Take care of your estrogen now. And it doesn't matter how old you are, you could still do it today. Act on these things and you can really turn a lot around for yourself. Just remember, I'm seeing this all the time in my clinic and why can't it be you? Keep working on your health. Class is concluded. I'll see you in class.